Welcome to another edition of Practical Reliability, insights on the practical implementation of holistic reliability, brought to you by Reliability X, the DNA of success. Hey Joe, I'm super excited for today's guest today on Practical Reliability. We have Jason Apps from Arms Reliability, CEO of Arms Reliability. Yeah, Arms is one of my favorite uh, groups of people, so I'm excited to do this. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. So Jason, for the, the listeners out there that may not be familiar with ARMS, can you give us a little bit of background of, of who ARMS is? Yeah, sure. Um, so ARMS, I mean, we're, we're probably most known as ARMS Reliability. We have the reliability on the end, and the reason we do that is that we're, we're very clearly in the uh, equipment reliability improvement space. We, we work with clients uh, all around the world to help them improve their asset reliability. Uh, basically, um, so we and we view ourselves as a holistic sort of solution provider, and and what I mean by that is that we uh, we provide technology, people, uh, education, uh, and support. So it's kind of like not just product, not just consulting. We sort of package all of that together to really provide. Uh, an effective solution for our customers to make sure they get the results. We're really driven to actually ensure that they realise results. Um, our purpose statement actually at ARMS is to help our customers be safe and successful by making reliability a reality. So it's, it's all about helping people be successful uh, through improving their equipment reliability and we're very very passionate and very serious about making sure they do um, actually receive the results from any work that we do. Um, so we've grown, we've grown up from, a, I guess, somewhat of a traditional consulting uh, organisation and, and we've, we now have technology to support what we do. Uh, we've got a pretty mature suite of training courses. So it's been a pretty natural progression for us to actually get to the point of um, really providing whatever it is we need to provide to a customer client to to help them achieve their goals that's awesome so so can you speak a little bit to to what a typical engagement with arms reliability would be like for for a customer so uh, you, you know how do we how do you go about assessing what their needs may be and and kind of developing that for them yeah that's a great question it does depend a little bit some people come to us um already knowing or believing they know perhaps even what, what, what it is they need to do. So we quite often get asked just to perhaps come in and um, perform a maintenance strategy review uh, on, a, on a section of plant or system or a particular asset that's providing them reliability problems. Um, so they, they can be pretty straightforward, in which case we'll, we'll go and support the organisation, uh, do that. Um, or it might be that a client comes to us and actually says, look, we have performance issues and we're not, we're not sure where to start. Um, and so we may go in and do some sort of assessment, if you like, around their, uh, their current level of performance and where perhaps some gaps are between what they're doing and, and what we would consider to be a world-class or effective approach to asset reliability and performance improvement. Um, so there's a couple of different ways in which we engage with, with people, I, I suppose. Um, where we are now, we, we are very focused on making sure that they get results and sustain results. So w one of the things that, that's perhaps interesting to bring up is we do find that people um, still have this sort of project-based mindset to reliability improvement. And, and what I mean by that is they, you know, they, they, 
see a reliability problem. Um, so they they instigate a project to tackle that. They run the project, the project ends, and, and we, we kind of think that it's done. You know, we kind of think we've got the improvement, we've done the work, and, and now we'll be okay. Um, and I guess having been in, uh, in this industry for, for some time now, um, what I've seen myself is organisations have to revisit that project um, over and over again. You know, it might be every, every couple of years or every three or four years or every year, maybe even five or six years where they sort of, they've done a project, they perhaps get some results, but then things degrade and deteriorate and, um, you know, four or five years' time they find themselves, again, you know, we've got some reliability problems, we need to, we need to do a project. So one of the things that we do now is that we try and, we try and lift people out of that mindset of um, reliability as a project. And whilst we, much, we might conduct a project initially to, to improve performance, it's, for us it's all about helping the client then sustain that into the future. Yeah, that's a really critical point, actually, and, and, and one that, that can't be overstated, right? I think the sustainability of reliability comes from people and comes from an understanding that that's continuous. And, and it's really good to hear that your organization is partnering with your clients to help ensure that sustainability and not just complete a project and walk away, right? Mm. Yeah, look, it's been a fascinating uh, evolution for us. And, it, and it's purely been through the frustration that we, that we get when, you know, when the people that we work with don't, um, either don't get the results uh, at all or don't, don't sustain the results over a long period of time. So a lot of our focus now is on um, helping them implement and then helping them with a, with a process to, to sustain. It's, you know, it, it's been very interesting to watch organisations as reliability sort of become um, perhaps a bit of a hot topic. Um, and we all of a sudden had reliability engineers in organisations and um, then we started to change the name of them to what some organisations do to you know, analysis or improvement engineers or performance improvement engineers or whatever they might, um, whatever term they might put around it. And, and it's like people kept searching to try and make these resources effective. Um, you know, we create this split between maintenance and reliability and we, we do all sorts of things in the hope that these these uh, reliability folk in our organisations are going to be successful. Um, and, and what we see that's missing there is, is any is any real framework for them to operate in. So it's been very clear to us that in most organisations there's, there's this complete absence of any framework. Um, and, and in that environment what happens is people um, naturally fall towards conducting root cause analysis. So um, if you look at any typical site reliability person, they're, they're generally their, uh, their job function is about reliability strategy, maintenance strategy type work and also defect elimination or root cause analysis. And, and whenever we go into organisations, we see that they're just predominantly focused on defect elimination or root cause analysis. They really don't do any strategy work. Um, the RCAs that they do do perhaps are not done very well or very formally or perhaps the actions aren't uh, implemented or tracked very well or very formally because there's this complete absence of framework um, but they do do RCAs, and the reason they, it's quite interesting when you look at it, the reason they do RCAs is because there's a natural trigger point. 
because RCAs or recourse analysis uh, uh, work is reactive, you've already had something happen. You've had a bad event. You've had an equipment failure or something's occurred. So you've kind of got this natural trigger that, that means that, well, now we know we've got to go do an RCA. So even in the absence of any framework, that is something that will happen because we had a bad event. It may not be managed well from then on because there's no framework to support it, but it'll get done. Um, so really typical for us to see, we get, we get asked to come in and help an organisation with reliability improvement. We arrive and what we see is reliability engineers who have perhaps religiously been generating a top 10 report of sorts for um, the last few years and they might report on that weekly and monthly and they do RCOs on the top five or something, try and put those solutions in place. But other than that, and that's a natural thing to happen because we have bad uh, events where failures, there's really no framework around it. So our approach now is all about making sure we put that, that framework in place for the, for the organisations to just continually improve reliability and make sure they look after their asset strategies moving forward. So that's a that's our approach now. We call that asset strategy management, um, and that, and that's that that's the umbrella that we use to to build a framework around for the organisation. And you just recently released a book about that, did you? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's been uh, released. Uh, just recently, a few months ago, um, and, and again, the whole the whole intent of that really is just to try and help um, people lift out of viewing reliability as a as a project and um, and getting them to think in terms of process and framework. I think there's a lot of you know we, we do shift and we do improve, and there's quite an emphasis now on reliability leadership, which I think is really good, and, and so the, the kind of mindset stuff around um, building a good reliability culture is there's a fit of work on. I know there's, you know there's training out there for reliability leadership um, and, there's, and there's quite a bit of emphasis on that and that's really positive to me and, and consistent language and all those things um, are really positive. But coupling it with the framework I see is really important. Um, I think for too long we've put reliability people in place with a position description um, and expected stuff to happen. And, and it doesn't because they're, they're just they're not set up to succeed because there's an absence of this framework. I think earlier you brought up a, another really critical point. You said the clients contact arms reliability in one of two ways. They either come with you, come come towards you, and say, "Look, I have performance issues. Help me, please help me." And they're kind of malleable, and and you can kind of work with them. Mm -hmm. And then there's other clients that say, "Here's the issue I'm having. I want you to solution this." And they've already got the statement yep. of work in their mind. It, you know, my advice to yep. listeners would be: don't try, try if possible, to not be that client, right? To to be the client that comes and says, <laughs> "Help me," because yeah. be, because it's yeah. you know, you've got a lot of experience and a lot of organizations that you're already helping, and for them to leverage that, they really have to give you an open an open kind of book policy of, of let come in, look, observe see where my inefficiencies and ineffectivenesses are and, and kind of help me solution that. Yeah, I, I love that you said that. It's, it's, um, I, I occasionally get asked, you know, who, who, are, who are our best clients? Um, and the answer is perhaps surprising in that it's not, it's, it, you know, it's not always um, the people that we do the most amount of work with, to be quite honest. 
um, it, it, to me, the best clients are the ones that absolutely engage you in that discussion. Um, so I've got a problem. You, you know, talk to me about how, what you think we should do to help um, because we have, I mean, we've got a, with a team of consultants around the globe um, working in, in a vast array of industries with, you know, lots and lots of experience even prior to joining ARMS, let alone at ARMS. Um, so, so we see lots of different approaches um, and, and so I think we can bring a lot to the table in that, in that space. So those discussions, and, and obviously the people in the organisation have a lot of experience, perhaps um, outside of the organisation they're currently in and, and quite often with the organisation they're at. So if you can have a, um, a really open conversation about the approach and, and actually you know, work together on what that approach might be, yeah, that's the best, they're the best clients and, that's, and they're the best engagements because um, you, you always come up with the best solution or approach to the problem. Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's um, certainly a lot of value to having knowledge at the site and being the employee and saying, here's the issues we're having. Um, but there's a massive advantage to, to collaborating with any vendor that you partner with because it is a partnership, right? And I think too often mm -hmm. we create statements of work or projects that say, I want you to implement this, as opposed to I want you to improve my, my reliability across the plant or, right. or in a specific area. Right. And the project scope they're thinking yeah. in mind may not be the best approach to actually improving reliability because there's gonna be pieces of, well, I'm yep. going to have to do training and invest in people. I'm going to have to, you know, the solutions not well, always <clears throat> identify the failure modes and put in a new PM strategy. So, you know, opening well, people's minds to that, I think is really important. I think your, the book will help people understand that because there's a lot more to the strategy than failure modes and tasks. Um, and and mm -hmm. a, a, certainly partnering with um, with arms reliability and, and having that open discussion is, is certainly where they should start. Yeah, it's, it, it's a really good discussion to have with people because I do have the site experience and then, you know, we, we obviously can bring to the table a whole lot of industry ex experience or discipline experience, if you like. Um, so good discussions. Um, I think the other thing that's, that's kind of important to, to help people understand is that you, your reliability projects, if you, if you, you know, you pick off uh, reliability projects to complete, they can be expensive um, to do. So it's a large investment in, in money, in time, in resources. Um, and so people want to realise the benefit of that and, and sometimes they actually don't even have the budget to do that. So the other intent with the book and with our approach, uh, with the asset strategy management approach is even if you choose to sort of not do a specific project, what's really important is that you set the framework in place to support continuous improvement and development of appropriate strategies and, and the right framework in your organisation to, to actually allow reliability to be part of, you know, a business as usual process. Because at the moment, I, I, don't, I don't think I've been to any organisation where I would, I would say, yeah, they've got it, they've got it nailed from, a, a, you know, reliability is part of what they do. They might have kind of good reliability culture from perhaps people understand it and they talk about it and those kind of things, or, or perhaps they have reliability engineers. So, so there'll be these sort of attempts and, and certain levels of maturity, but I've never been anywhere where there's a really positive, effective framework around ensuring that reliability strategies are always 
uh, in alignment with the operational context. So they haven't deteriorated in the EAM system and, and, they're, and they're actually up to date and aligned with the current operational uh, context. So, you know, if duties have changed or, or uh, process changes, material changes, whatever it might be, it might drive some requirement to change reliability strategy. So, you know, I think that's, that's, that's a really interesting um, point for people to understand that it doesn't, you know, you need to implement the process irrespective of if you're going to pick off and go review a whole lot of reliability strategies initially or not, because that can be expensive. But it's really important we put the process in place so that we actually start to to um, gain control of reliability strategies. So, Jason, when you mention framework, are you talking that you help them develop their own internal framework to give them guidance and help develop a strategy or do you guys have your own internal framework that you're providing to the clients how, how does that work yeah so we we know what what we do is um there's, there's there's a few parts of this so the first part is um actually helping people understand that they that, that the framework is a valuable benefit to them and, and the fact that it's missing in their current organization and, that, and that's really simple to do and people i've never had people um not immediately understand what we're talking about when we, there's a couple of particular slides we, we show where we talk about how uh, reliability strategies deteriorate over time. Um, it's really simple to explain. We know that we, we can do a great exercise in reliability strategy development. We can put it in the AAM system, it's, uh, it's SAP, um, and, that, and that can be optimal at this particular point in time that we do the study, but we know that, that within a few months, it's possible that someone's gone into SAP and changed some of that content, might be changed an interval to align with some operational change requirement for downtime or something like that, or maybe they're just new to the site and, and in their experience, you don't need to do that task monthly, you can do it two monthly or you need to do it uh, fortnightly or something. Um, or we go in and change uh, tasks because we've been doing that task for a while and we haven't seen any degradation so we don't need to do it or we can extend the interval or really good intent that people have but, but really poor you know, evaluation from a reliability perspective. So people go into systems and change reliability strategy all the time. Right. Um, and so the strategies deteriorate, right? And, and the other thing that's going on is that operations are changing all the time. So duty changes, we put new assets in, we, we you know, scale things back, we, we do all sorts of things. We, maybe we hit a different part of the mine and the material's now different or, you know, some raw material change which is changing the, um, the duty of the asset or the wear rate of the asset or whatever it might be. Um, there's all these operational changes that are happening all the time as well and, and we, don't, we don't circle back and make sure that our reliability strategy is in alignment with that. So yeah. strategies if they're not managed, deteriorate immediately that you put them in the system. Either so, through, so when um, we're talking framework, it's more you're talking about establishing the foundations that are necessary for their success, helping them establish the foundational principles. 
the procedures, the, yeah. the the mapping, okay, right? Then, I think you can visually represent it, yeah, but like what he really means is is getting is back to the making basics, sure getting the fundamentals embedded. Yeah, I, I mean, when you hear yeah. like his examples, so so you know, you've got a new product line, you put in a new piece of equipment, another product line is not selling as much, and you had two lines, you're now only running one, right. but your CMMS still says it's the most critical piece of equipment, and you're doing PMs, yep. you know, at a ridiculous rate right. when you have a complete standby line. Right, right, right. 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 Yeah. And so all the procedures and all the processes that surround making sure that strategy gets updated yeah. is no, it makes is, sense. Is what folks. I just are want to make yeah. sure that I was clear in my head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's a good point. Thanks for bringing that up. I mean, yeah, I guess framework. You, you could picture that we're just talking about some sort of. Uh, you know, high-level pillars or, or something that yeah. we're talking about, and and we still are, but we're but we're also right down in the in the detail in terms of process, right? What yeah. what is the process that's got to be put in place to to manage that? And 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 so I contrast it and and you know put it alongside the work execution management <clears throat> process, excuse me, because. People are really familiar with that process. We, you know, in the, most organisations, we've got the flowchart on the wall. We know who raises notifications or work requests. We know who can approve whether they get done. We, we've got planners and we've got schedulers who know their role in that process. We've got people who go execute work, we get feedback. All that's managed by our EAM system or CMMS system. Um, and so it's a really clear process that we understand the business has put in place. I guess what we're talking about is, hey, you need to understand that you need a process um, to manage reliability strategies. Very yeah. similar, but very right. uh, in terms of process and, yep. and needing technology and needing people, but it's a different process. Most people, I think, are in the kind of mindset that the work execution management process takes care of reliability strategy, and it, and it doesn't. No. It, it holds the master data. It holds what your current strategy right. is, but it doesn't look after the strategy. So separate process, and you know, we say it needs, um, it, it, you know, it needs to be defined that process, and it needs technology to support whatever the process is at your organisation, um, and then education and roles and all sorts of stuff that go along with that. So, in fact, the interesting way someone put it to me the other day was that um, uh, our planners uh, live inside of SAP. And our reliability engineers live inside of 1PM, and, and, and 1PM happens to be our technical solution that supports their asset strategy management process at their organisation. So I thought that was a really, it's a really interesting, uh, clear way to sort of help people understand that, that there's a very different process going on uh, right. here. There's there's a process around managing work execution, and there's a process around reliability improvement and managing reliability strategies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all about the process. But but the process, and this is this is also really important to us. We don't we don't um, we have we have lots of advice on on how what a process should look like um, from our perspective. But the process has also got to work inside an organisation. So there's a, there's there's lots of uh, um, information that's got to be taken into account to make sure that the process fits the organisation, so it's about working with the organisation, their organisation structure, their size, the capability they have, all those things being into it, and we, we just blueprint the process um, for that organisation, and then the technology will, will be uh, configured to support um, that process. Yeah, and then you mentioned 1pm, 
can you tell us a little bit about 1PM? We know that you won a solution award for it, um, and it's starting to, to take off a bit for you. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, sure, yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's a solution that we, we have literally um, designed and developed to support this asset strategy management process, this framework. So um, it's, it supports, and, and we say there's three phases really to that, to that um, process, that asset strategy management process, which is build um, asset strategy or liability strategies, deploy them, and then manage or sustain them. Um, so three steps to that. And, and 1PM is our technical solution that does that. So it's, it's all about supporting rapid uh, development or review of reliability strategies, deploying them to uh, EAM systems, um, really efficiently and effectively in a, a, a high quality way. So we, you know, we, for example, we um, group tasks together um, using rules and business rules and logic. So it's very consistent, it's automatic, and, and then, you know, transferring that to an EAM system. So we're kind of removing the, any sort of manual or subjective exercise around that data. It's very consistent, uh, very repeatable. And so the way we structured that um, as, we, as we started to evolve 1PM, the way that we build and deploy the reliability strategies, we, we managed to do that in a way that supports a really efficient, simple, sustained uh, or management process such that you know, we can review uh, reliability strategies really efficiently. We can monitor the, the performance of the strategies from your system and look at what they should be doing. Uh, we can identify risk areas that you may have where things are out of alignment now. Um, and then we, because of again, the, way, the way we've structured the data, we can feed that back to some kind of perhaps a corporate or organisation-wide best-in-class strategy for a particular equipment type and actually assess whether it's a good change, bad change, make a change, and then actually push that change out to um, all instances of that particular asset if it if it makes sense so so perhaps an example there is is you know if you've got common assets um, perhaps you've got a pump of a particular type and you've got it across multiple facilities or even in multiple slots in one facility quite happen, or quite often what happens is people you know they might review the strategy on one particular pump because they've got reliability issues with it or perhaps have a failure and they do an RCA on it um, Typically what happens is that work's done and then a change made to that particular reliability strategy in the system for that particular pump. Um, you know, or maybe if it's an RCA, we change uh, different seal material, for example, on that particular pump. But we only do it on that one. It's really hard for organisations to leverage that change across their whole asset base. One PM solution is built in such a way that, that we understand where all of those installations of that pump are. We understand the common nature of the of the um, of the equipment types, and we can actually workflow that that change, assess whether it makes sense to go out to the other installations of that pump, and then if it does, just sort of immediately deploy that to the other assets and push the updates into. Um, the organisation of the AM system. So it's a really rapid cycle and, and what I like about it is we, we talk about leveraging the pockets of excellence that organisations have because there's loads of good stuff that goes on in organisations. Um, might be in specific po pockets, you know, you've got this guy over here who's just great at those kind of pumps. Um, so looping that guy into the corporate 
flow of uh, assessment of best-in-class strategies for that asset type is really easy from a workload perspective and leveraging the good ideas right across the asset base, which might even be globally, um, is really simple to do. Yeah, I think so. So, you know, I, I have some experience with the use of 1PM and have, have used arms reliability at a couple of different organizations. And I think what I really like about it is it keeps, you know, it keeps a, a library of asset classes and for those asset classes, a library of failure modes and for those failure modes, a library of mitigation strategies. And then based on context, you are essentially deploying mitigation strategies. And, and you know, to, to kind of summarize that, you know, in a CMMS system, that's not so simple to do, right? And, and in 1PM, you are essentially identifying mitigation strategies and deploying it across assets that share the same context or same, same criticality where that, that task applies. And, and so it really allows you to manage that strategy across the large asset base in a much, much cleaner, much more efficient manner. Yeah, it really, it really tries up. I mean, firstly, the ASM process itself allows reliability people to be effective. Uh, the one PM technology in there then just improves their productivity out of site because now we we do get um, global collaboration or site collaboration um, through all of the reliability people using the technology to, as you say, rapidly deploy any changes across an asset type um, for this for similar context. Um, and, and it's just so repeatable. The way that we deploy that and package, uh, you know, the tasks into master data structures and the quality rules we put across that, it's just a really efficient, rapid, repeatable process, which is what drives the productivity up um, enormously for those for those uh, people. Awesome. So, so Jason, where can folks go to find more information about arms reliability, one pm? Um, and, and asset management uh, or asset strategy management? Uh, look, obviously our website is the best resource um, to, to start at and, and from there you can go anywhere. Tons of white papers on there um, and case studies, examples and certainly lots of content around asset strategy management. Um, there's links off to the, to, the, to the book there as well and, and some videos. So lots of good content there. Um, and so our web address is www.armsreliability.com um, and, and lots of resources on there, which I think is a fantastic starting point. Awesome. Well, Jason, we're about out of time. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been a phenomenal discussion uh, and hope, hopefully one that the listeners find very valuable. Um, good luck in your future endeavors. Uh, good luck to Arms Reliability. You guys are a phenomenal organization and one that, and one that we respect very much. Um, and, and again, thank you, thank you for being our invited guest today. Yeah, appreciate you. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for the invite, gents. questions on this or any other topics, email us at ask at reliabilityx.com. This has been another episode of Practical Reliability brought to you by Reliability X, the DNA of success.